Give God the credit for what he's doing. He's at work. In this crazy world, he's restoring marriages, he's giving eternal life, he's changing people and communities, and he's using you to do it. In this series, Momentum, we're celebrating how God has been at work. We're inviting those of you who maybe are new to what God's doing here to join us in his work. And part of that is coming up here on Monday night, May 24th. If you want to mark your calendar right now, there's an event in here at 7 p.m., uh, it will be live streamed, but I would really encourage you, if you can be here, this is going to be a historic night in the history of our church. Uh, there are certain things in life that you look back on, and I just know that five years from now, 10 years from now, 30 years from now, there's going to be many of us who look back, and uh, we're going to have this moment where we circle up around the room and hold hands, and we just consecrate that this is God's church, that Jesus is the head of this church, that we believe that he will use us to raise a generation that defies the trend, a generation that loves the Lord, that he's going to use us to change central Indiana. And I know for those of you who can make it, it's a night you're going to look back on and just be like, wow, I'm so glad I was there. Uh, we do have child care for birth through fifth grade. I would really encourage if you've got middle school or high school students, bring them with you. Uh, because this is something that we want them to be part of. So I know it's a busy time of year, and if you can make it, please, please do. You won't regret it. Well, let me introduce you to a gentleman named John Sperling. met John Sperling when I was a journalist working in Scottsdale, Arizona, and I did a number of stories on eccentric millionaires and billionaires. John Sperling was worth $3 billion. He created that University of Phoenix, if you ever see their advertisements. He pretty much figured out, hey, if everyone's going to go to college, how can I make money off of it? And he did a very good job of that. Well, John Sperling had this dog. I believe the dog's name was Missy. And as he was getting up in years, and uh, the, the thing he most desired in the world was that his dog would never die, but, you know, dogs have a limited lifespan uh, John Sperling spent $20 million trying to clone his dog. Now, here's my question for you. If there were a machine that could clone or multiply anything, what would you put in it? Right? Like, imagine this giant microwave, and whatever you put in there gets multiplied. I've talked to some people this week who said that they would put gummy bears in there. Not a bad idea. Another person said they would put Pokemon cards in there. Of course, as you get older and maybe a little more sophisticated, you might think, you know, I would put time in there. That's, that's, a, that's a great idea. If you could multiply time. You know, there are certain things in life that only God can multiply. Uh, only God can make it that, that a family conceives. Only God can multiply joy in a season of despair. It's only through the natural order that God has set up that every spring here in Indiana, those seeds that are planted in corn fields and soybean fields, one seed gets multiplied. He's a multiplying God, and there are certain things that we desire in life that seem out of reach or we're striving for just simple addition, and God's waiting to do multiplication. If I could tell you today how you could see God multiply some good thing in your life, would you want to know how? Uh, or better yet, if God makes in his word multiplication promises, 
Promises that anyone can claim, but I think most people don't claim. Would you want to know what God's multiplication promises are? I'm going to introduce you to some of them today. And we find one of the first ones in Genesis chapter 22. This is a father of the faith, Abraham, one of the early great heroes of faith, who God spoke to him and he stepped out in obedience and he left the land that he knew as home and he walked by faith. And there came a point in Abraham's life where God said, Abraham, I've got a great plan for you in this world, but Abraham, I'm calling you to sacrifice what means the most to you. And Abraham, uh, through great emotion and agony, was willing to sacrifice his most valuable thing to God. And it's after that that God says this, Abraham, I will certainly bless you. I will multiply. There's our word. Genesis, multiply. Your descendants beyond number. So Abraham, what you want, I want to give it to you. And I want to multiply it. In fact, like the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore... Your descendants will conquer the cities of their enemies. And then God says, Abraham, my vision's even bigger than yours. Through your descendants, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. And of course, this is a prediction that the Messiah, Jesus, will be one of Abraham's descendants. But listen to this. What unlocked this promise of multiplication for Abraham? Very simply, all because... You've obeyed me. You know, we've been learning in this series that our bold faith unlocks different things, that God has these things waiting for us. And just like a a key to a safety deposit box or a, a key to a padlock, God says bold faith is the key that unlocks his promises in different areas of our lives, and that includes the promise of multiplication. Bold faith unlocks God's multiplication. It did so for Abraham. It's bold faith when we trust that Jesus died on the cross for our sins that unlocks salvation, which is what? The multiplication of life, that after this life we have eternal life. Bold faith is a key that unlocks God's multiplication. And this is true for your salvation when you believe in Jesus by faith, but it's also true as you follow Jesus. Maybe you're in a marriage right now and Uh, You're struggling. Did you know that you can pray to God and you say, God, would you multiply my love for my spouse? Jesus taught that if if you've got a little mustard seed of faith, he can multiply it. And you say, God, I want to love my spouse more. Or I want to love my kids more. Or maybe you feel like, God, I want to love you more. I want to love your word more. I want to open it up and just drink it in rather than struggle through it. Ask God for the good things that you want him to multiply in your life. Here's a few of the things that God desires to multiply in our lives. Some of these we'll experience here on earth. All of these we will experience in eternity in heaven. God wants to multiply your joy. He wants to multiply your joyful relationships. God is a God who can multiply resources. And he will multiply the resources that you need to accomplish his will for your life. He's a God who can multiply your spiritual offspring. Jesus said in Matthew 28, go and make disciples. We are to be multiplying as followers of Jesus. And we're going to learn more about this next week. Your eternal reward in heaven, 
You're saved by grace, but when you get there, there are rewards based on how you lived, and your bold faith can multiply rewards in heaven. Now, we looked at the story of Abraham when he obeys God with bold faith, and then God says, Abraham, now I'm going to reward that bold faith you have, and I'm going to multiply your descendants. Well, it's actually Abraham's descendants who we were studying last week in Joshua chapter 1. You see, God's chosen people, Abraham's descendants, are at the Jordan River, and they're about to cross over into the promised land. But to go into the promised land, it's going to take bold faith. We've learned that these, these people, the one generation, didn't have faith, and so they had to live in the desert for 40 years. Now it's their kids' chance, and their kids have an opportunity to exercise bold faith. They've got enemies behind them in Egypt. They've got enemies ahead of them with, remember, giants and fortified cities. But do you remember that promise God gave to Abraham in Genesis 22? He said, I'll multiply your descendants. And what will they do? They will conquer the cities of their enemies. Now let's look here in Joshua 1 verse 6. As God is saying to Joshua, this next generation leader, he says, be strong, be courageous, you will lead these people to possess the land. And why is God saying this is a guarantee? Because this is the promise that God made to Abraham. This verse here when God says, I swore to their ancestors that I would give them the land. Well, Abraham is one of those ancestors. You know what we see today is that God does this in every generation. In every generation, God's looking for the people who will show their bold faith with obedience so that he can show that he's a multiplying God. You know, we're continuing as a church to choose bold faith. We've seen God multiply here in the last two years. We've seen God multiply in the entire history of this church. And right now, we're pushing forward again with a vision that God has given us. There are three specific groups God has called us to reach. The first is the next generation, and if you missed last week's message, we really unpack how God is going to raise the strongest generation through our faithfulness. This week, I want to introduce you to the calling that we have to maximize and multiply followers of Jesus. That is, new believers who come to faith here, get baptized here, we train them up, and then they bring more people to faith. Next week, we'll look at how we're going to amplify Jesus online. I was talking with one of you this last week from our congregation, and the question was this, John, this vision for raising the next generation and the whole vision together, it's so big, it's so bold, it's so kind of impossible. Can we actually do it? That's a great question, you know? With such a big vision, how do we know it'll actually work? The reason we know it'll work is that we know that God is faithful. And he's promised that as we seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, he will add to us everything necessary to do his work in this world. And as proof of God's faithfulness, we have not only his faithfulness to Abraham, and then his faithfulness to Joshua and those believers who crossed the Jordan River, but we also have his faithfulness to our own congregation. Did you know that our church was started back in the year 1837? 
1837, all these roads weren't around here, but these counties were here. And in 1837, it was about 10 or 12 people who started meeting in a log cabin in what would become Brownsburg, Indiana. And if you were to map where Connection Point was at that time, it was one little dot. You want to see coming out of COVID, after a year of crisis, after a year of difficulty, where our Connection Point people are today. Uh, This map is active Connection Point people right now. As you can see, we've spread all around Brownsburg. We've, we've spread over into Indianapolis. We're slowly overtaking central Indiana for Jesus. And the point is this. God keeps his promises to multiply. He's looking for people like you and me who will choose a bold faith to join him in his work. God continues multiplying because we continue planting seeds of faith in obedience. How do you plant those seeds of faith? You give faithfully. You be consistent in your attendance and you serve. If you're not yet serving, join us by texting the word serve. If you're not yet giving, text the word match because I'm about to introduce you guys to an incredible matching gift opportunity that we have this weekend. But first, let's talk about why we give, why we serve, why we be consistent, it's because Jesus has called us to make disciples. Uh, Here's some pictures of just a few of the recent baptisms where we've gotten to celebrate new believers, and in many of these cases, new believers who are now baptizing other new believers because God is multiplying. If you're here in the building, you'll see a piece of paper that was on your seat. If you're watching online, you can text the word vision to us. And I just want to read you a little bit fuller explanation of this component of our vision, maximize and multiply Jesus' followers in gatherings. You know, maximize means to get the most out of, and we want this for you. We want you to get the most out of your relationship with God. We also want to maximize and get the most out of this campus that we have in Brownsburg, Indiana. We want to make the most of this physical facility and this physical movement. What does multiply mean? Well, it means exactly that. As we maximize what God has already given us, we expect him to multiply our number. As he has already been doing, we expect him to continue doing that. We also expect him to multiply our impact in this world and in his time, to multiply our physical gatherings around central Indiana. You know, we're about three years into a 30-year ministry cycle, and our physical campus is thriving. Uh, We believe over the next 27 years that as we remain healthy right here, that God will spread our number around central Indiana. Why? So we can connect more people to Jesus in more meaningful ways. Now you might be wondering, oh John, does this mean we're launching another campus tomorrow or do we have a timeline or a place where our next campus is gonna be? No, uh, we don't have an artificial timeline for future locations or, or even you know, when those will be, but we have a spirit-led belief that God will open impossibly big doors when it's his time for our physical footprint to grow. 
You know, Jesus said, faithful with little, faithful with much. We've been faithful with little. God has grown it. We're going to keep being faithful, and we're going to wait and see God multiply our ministries as we maximize them. In summary, because Indiana needs Jesus more than ever, we're going to maximize his work here, and we're going to join him in his time in multiplying his work all across central Indiana. So let's look back at central Indiana, where we are today as a church. And you remember back in 1837, we were one little dot. Now we're this. Where do you guys think I want us to be 27 years from now when this 30-year ministry cycle passes off to the next generation? Where do you think I want us to be? Where do we think God wants us to be in central Indiana? Guys, you can laugh at me for this, but here's my dream. Here's what I pray for every night. Here's what I'm inviting you to be part of. Here's what I want central Indiana to look like. I want us to cover it with followers of Jesus who've been transformed, whose marriages are changed, whose habits are changed, who are representing Jesus in their schools and in their workplaces. And this vision of raising the strongest generation for Jesus, yes, we're going to be doing it in Brownsburg, but what if as we stay faithful to God, he multiplies our presence and we're raising the strongest generation all around central Indiana. Are you with me? In just saying, God, I want this to happen. You know, God, we want you to multiply your work in our time. I love this promise that Jesus gave in Matthew chapter 16. He said, I will build my church. How does he do that? Through multiplication. Those original disciples, about a hundred of them, they led other people to the Lord. Who led other people to the Lord? And it became exponential growth through multiplication. Jesus says, I will build my church and the very gates of hell, even if Satan himself, when Satan himself tries to stop it, it will fail because God is greater. Are you guys with me in growing the kingdom of God in our time? If so, then keep serving, keep giving. And if you haven't been yet, join us. Well, as you decide, if you want to join us or continue in bold faith obedience to God, I'm going to give you very quickly six multiplication promises from God to you. Now, I don't have time to preach all six of these, but let's jump right into the first one. I'm just going to cruise through them. As always, text the word Bible to us if you don't have a life application study Bible. You can take pictures of each of these. You can also get our small group study guide. The design here is that you can look up each of these references. You can study this in depth throughout the week. First, you need to know God's a multiplying God. Right at the beginning, he creates Adam and Eve, and he says, be fruitful and multiply. It is in God's nature to multiply things. In fact, that's why we're physically here today, is because he's a multiplying God. Secondly, he uses bold faith in every generation to multiply and expand his people. Third, Jesus still multiplies what he entrusts to those who make his work first place. There's a number of parables about this where Jesus gives talents to stewards, and the ones who are faithful, he gives them more. And the ones who aren't faithful, he takes away. He multiplies to the people, whether it's your time, your energy, your emotion, your resources, you give them to God, he'll multiply them so you can do more of his work. Fourth, Jesus promised that he will build his kingdom through multiplication. Fifth, we are called to be multipliers. 
Now, this might sound inspiring. Yes, let's be multipliers, but this is a command. We're called to be multipliers. Number six, God will multiply our resources when we invest them into his work. You can always take a next step in investing your time or your energy into what God is doing today. And I want to introduce you to a couple, Chris and Brenda. They started attending here two years ago, and it was around this time that they decided very early in their faith exploration to take a bold faith step of obedience. Go ahead and take a look. We were coming to church, and we, not even every Sunday, like maybe one Sunday a month, to be honest, and we were just kind of learning, and honestly, probably not even very knowledgeable with what the Bible was or anything like that, but they just started talking about the Greater Things vision, and they wanted to get everybody involved, and they were like, any amount at all, just commit to it, and they had us do like a little jar thing with our names on it that we put down there. We started with $20. Each one of us, $10 a paycheck. We didn't have a ton of money uh, to you know, pay, for the, pay for the next thing. We didn't know what was gonna come up next. Um, so once we decided to give, um, we just kind of went all in and it was, it was a little bit of a commitment for us, for sure. It didn't come without challenge, for sure, before the greater things because it was even hard to get him to come with me to church yeah. so it was like let's just go and he'd be like oh not today it started like the commitment it was like you know you see it coming out of your bank account every month and you're like I wonder what like what what are they doing like we should go we should be a part of it like what's happening we we had started coming to church so I opened the bible and I almost was reading the bible like out of spite just to kind of really be like Hey, I'm doing this, you know, but in that, um, I, I actually retain some of that information. And um, it's just amazing to me, um, you know, how God works when he takes something that is broken, you know, maybe meant for evil or bad, uh, like that kind of spiteful moment that I had, but he was able to twist it into me now being a, a full, both of us really being a full believer and engaged with, with the church and, and, and the community here. If you would have asked us a year ago if we would be here today doing this, we'd probably both say no. But like yeah. the the faith and like everything that God has helped us overcome, like we were literally probably a week from divorce. Like I don't even know the last time we had a fight, like to be honest, because we just know like we put God first and everything else just makes sense. I'm not gonna quote Pastor Dickerson, but he was, I remember him saying like, if you give, God will give you back or something like that. And we were just like kind of in disbelief, like that's not possible. <laughs> Once we started giving, um, we, we kind of saw, we, we got joy from that. And, and then it was like, right after we started giving, like we both had the opportunity to take a different position at work, which came with more money and just opportunity for um, sales and commission and I would say, uh, I don't know if maybe stingy is the right word, but um, I just, I, I didn't have a very giving spirit uh, just because I always had that mindset, you know, keep your money and, and keep it for yourself. Uh, but once we, once we started giving, we, we really opened up and saw that, that it does benefit everyone. Even if you're only going to give $5 or, or even if it's a dollar, you know, just start somewhere. Uh, start to give and, and, and God will, will bless you back for what you're able to do.
Isn't that cool? You guys want to say thank you to Chris and Brenda for, thank you for being willing to share that with the rest of us. And uh, it was really awesome to see modern day examples of exactly what happened to Abraham, exactly what happened with Joshua. What did they do? They took a, a bold faith step of obedience and it unlocked God's multiplication in their marriage, their love for each other, even their love for God's word and their love for being here on a weekend to go from one spouse dragging the other one here on the weeks that it was possible to both of them waking up and being like, let's go to church together. God blesses those who are faithful with what he has given to them. And I'm so excited to see how God continues to work in both Chris and Brenda's lives. Well, if you're here in the room, uh, pull out this yellow card. And again, online, you can text the word vision to us. Uh, this is one of these flags that we're planting in the ground in this season of vision. And it says this, because we submit to Christ, Jesus is the head of this church. And because God gives more to those who are faithful, and we're committed to being faithful with what he's given us, we expect God to open impossibly big doors. Why do we expect that? Well, because our God is the same God as Abraham's God and Joshua's God. The God who those believers in 1837 who started this church prayed to, that's our God. He's alive today. He's working in lives like Chris and Brenda. He's working in all of our lives. And as we stay faithful to him, uh, we have faith that he's going to open impossibly big doors doors. We don't fully know the future, but we know that God has big plans for our church as we stay faithful to him. Well, speaking of impossibly big doors, this is pretty cool because I had drawn this out and I had shared this with our team of saying, you know what, let's just make this a declaration as a church. We don't know every future door that God's going to have for us, but we expect him to open impossibly big doors. And as we were really just choosing that as a value among our leadership team, a family in our church contacted us. And they have been led by God to make a matching gift here within the Momentum campaign. It's a large financial amount, and you might see it and be like, whoa, that's crazy. Well, the interesting thing is they were right where Chris and Brenda were when they were in their 20s, and they started giving. God has blessed them over the years, and they've continued to give back to God. Now, I've got a little illustration for you here. This is 1,000 dots, and I want you to imagine that each little dot here represents $100, so 100 thousand dots. <laughs> Wouldn't it be incredible if this family who contacted us and said, we want to make a matching gift, if their matching gift were $100,000? We talked with the family about their heart and they said, we would love for families who aren't yet giving to start giving because it has so changed our lives. And as we heard their heart and then we learned the amount. It wasn't $100,000 that they want to give as a matching gift. Uh, could you imagine if it was $200,000? I mean, wouldn't that be crazy? If everyone who started giving, if your gift was doubled up to $200,000, well, that's the heart of this family that is providing this matching donation. But it's not $200,000. And as we talked with them... And as they said, their heart is to just help other people take a first step to experience what they have experienced. They said that the amount 
that God has put on their heart is $500,000. This is a family at the heart of our church. Now, I know for some of us, that's just like a brain-busting figure. This is a family that for them, with the gifts God has given them, this is what bold faith obedience looks like for them. It doesn't look like that for me. It doesn't look like that for most of us. But in the heart, it's the same. It's the same because this is a 10% off of something that God has done for them. And they say the only reason God is doing these things for us is because we've put him first in our lives. And we want other people to experience that. Um, Real quick, can we just say thank you to that family? And then I want to read you a letter. I hope every one of you who, you know, when you're waking up and you're getting ready to come serve here, or when you're giving or you're looking back over your monthly statements and you're like, whoa, that giving to the church is, know that you're not alone. There's a, there's a whole tribe. There's a whole tribe here who have this same heart. If you're an existing giver, you can match this or go toward, your gift can go toward this match if you increase above your existing giving. So if you want to do that, text the word match, and any increase you make will be matched. I especially want to talk to those of you who haven't ever been a consistent or regular giver. This match is especially for you, and I'm going to tell you how God is going to multiply it in just a moment. But first, let me read you this letter from this family. Listen closely, because you're going to hear their heart and their journey. And again, maybe that number kind of freaks you out. You're like, wow, why are they talking about so much money in church? Well, this is a spiritual matter. And it's a spiritual journey for this family. And uh, here's just the very beginning of what they wrote. They said, we're super happy to get the opportunity to support our transition from greater things to momentum. So this family already, they had made a big greater things commitment. They had given more than their greater things commitment. Now this 500,000 is on top of that. They said, we're so excited about all that has happened and all that is coming. And then here's their journey with giving to God. The husband writes, he says, early in our relationship, my wife and I discovered that we had very different upbringings. Uh, My wife grew up in church with a family deeply committed to faith. She was baptized early in life, and she just had this unmovable faith. He said, for me, my walk was quite a bit different. He said, while my parents might have professed to be Christians, I didn't really do anything about it. We didn't go to church, and I certainly wasn't asked to believe or be baptized. He says, in college, I actually moved even further and vocally declared that I was an atheist, that there wasn't a God. Frankly, it all seemed like a bunch of nonsense. Luckily, he writes, my wife came into my life at just the right time. I had made some mistakes. I had some regrets. I had realized the path I was on wasn't fulfilling. In fact, it was destructive. I was searching for meaning, and she invited me to church. She was amazing, so I went. He says, that day changed my life. I got to experience the word of God in a way I had never before, and it opened my eyes. To see that this whole God thing just might be possible. Over the next couple years, he says, I read and learned ravenously. Eventually accepting Jesus as my savior, being baptized at that church, and even getting married at that church. Early in the marriage, he says, we decided that we would 
tithe. Now, if you've never heard of that before, tithing is the idea from the Old Testament of giving the first 10% of your income back to God. He said, we learned this in a place in the Bible that it's the only place where God asks us to test him. Uh, He's referencing a verse in Malachi 3, verse 10, which says this. God says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. And then God says this, test me in this, says the Lord, the Lord Almighty, the provider, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. I love it when believers who've experienced this reference it, uh, because I'm always timid to preach it because there are some preachers who kind of twist it to say it's all about getting. It's not about giving. Getting. It's about giving. But the point is this. When you give to God, he takes care of you. And this family's writing and they're saying, years ago we heard a sermon on this and it seemed like the right thing to do. And this letter continues from this family. They said, what we didn't expect, though we should have, is that God would start pouring out his blessing. He delivered on his promise in ways both big and small. This family says every time we would increase our giving or be more consistent in our giving, something seemingly magical would happen and we would be blessed in some way. In those early days, I think God knew I needed a very clear message and that it was almost always financial. He said there were small bonuses and unexpected raises. He says we both vividly remember the most significant example when we decided to increase our 10% tithe from post-tax. So, you know, after taxes and health insurance and everything's taken out of your paycheck, they were doing 10% of that, to pre-tax. We're going to do 10% of the before everything's taken out. He says it was a big move. And literally the very next week, we were given 10 times, that's a biblically significant multiplying number, 10 times the number, almost to the penny. He said, because some pension that I didn't even know about was cashed out by work. Amazing. Now, listen to this. He says, as our faith matured and time went on, we also started to see the bigger picture and that there were other types of blessings beyond financial that God was giving us. Tithing has easily been the best investment we ever made. In fact, this $500,000 match that they're now providing uh, is in fact a tithe. Uh, God has blessed them to that extent that this is now a tithe for them. And as they prayed about how do we tithe on this amount of money, they said, uh, Pastor John, leaders, is there a way that God could leverage this to multiply it, to help other families experience what we've experienced. Now, I want you to know, if you start tithing, it's not that you're someday going to have a windfall of $5 million, okay? That's not what God's promising. But it could be that, or it could be that he's going to provide in your marriage. He's going to provide in his work. He's going to provide in eternal life for people around you. He's going to provide in heaven when you get there and you see. The point is this, as you prioritize the work of God in your life, he will keep his promise to multiply the things that matter for you to do his work in the world. For this family, they clearly have the spiritual gift of giving. 
And this is how God is using them to do his work in the world, one of the primary ways. Your gift might be serving, or it might be teaching, or it might be hospitality. But just like you saw with Chris and Brenda, who are just starting out in their generosity journey, wherever you place your money, your heart follows. And it's a great way to start loving God more and being more all into his work in the world when you say, I'm going to start doing something consistent. Now this family writes and they say this, we know this is a big sum of money. Neither of us came from well-off families and so it is incredibly humbling to be able to help in this way. The honest truth is that all we have belongs to God. We can't really give God what is already his. He gives us all the resources to steward while we're here on earth. He simply asks us to give some back as a show of our faith. It's not like we can take it with us into the next life, so it's really just a question of whether we want to give it back to him now, like he asks, or give it to him later before we meet him. Deciding to give it now is quite literally one of the best decisions we have ever made. Then they said this, of course our hope is that this matching gift inspires others. We have visions of dozens or even hundreds of families being blessed in the same way we have been, starting with this simple step forward. There's multiplication for you. They said, to be honest, it's 100% worth it even if just one family starts on this journey and experiences God's faithfulness like we have. I can't even begin to describe how blessed they will be. Thank you so much. We are so blessed by the church and all the wonderful people in it. We're so excited for momentum. And then I love it that they signed off with the word blessings. Because remember, that's what God said to Abraham. I'm going to bless you and I'm going to multiply. Show me your bold faith with obedience. Show me that you trust me in this world. Follow my path for your life and I'm going to bless you and I'm going to multiply my work through you. Well, if you want to be part of this, text the word MATCH to the number on the screen here, 317-350-1996. I'm not saying that if you give today that you'll never get sick, that you'll never have cancer, that you'll never be in a car accident. There are pastors who twist this and who overdo it. Jesus said in this world we will have trouble, okay? We're still going to have battles in life, just like Joshua and God's chosen people did, just like Abraham did. But there is a reality that as you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, everything you need will be provided for you. Jesus said that in Matthew 6, verse 33. If you've never given consistently before, I'd invite you to text the word MATCH to us. If you are a consistent giver, but God's working in your heart to increase, text the word MATCH, and here's what'll happen. What you give today will be doubled, so if you give $20 today, it'll be 40 If you gave $100,000 today, it would be $200,000, thanks to this family, up to $500,000 total. But listen to the multiplying effect here. Okay, because this family is so excited about new people experiencing giving regularly, they said this, if a family or an individual will sign up for a recurring gift, so let's say you sign up for $100 a month, so that's $1,200 in the year, this next week, this family will write a check to match that $1,200. They're going to match not only what you'd give this month, but what you'll give this entire year if when you text match, you set up recurring 
giving. Uh, this family wants you to experience what it is to put God first in your life. You know, two years ago, when Chris and Brenda were listening, this is an illustration that we used at that time called the giving ladder. And uh, they might have related to this part of if you're just starting out, you can start at giving what you pay for Netflix. I love that Chris and Brenda, they did $10 from each of their paycheck. That was a great step for them. Then you move to saying, I'm going to give a, a percentage of my income consistently. Eventually, you take this step. I remember when Mel and I said, we're going to do 10% of our income. Uh, and it was amazing to see God surprise us with different unexpected things after that. Then 10% uh, of your you know, post-tax income, or your pre-tax income, rather. And then maybe 10% and a little bit more. And then there's extravagant giving when you're doing your 10%. And, and here's the thing. God will show you the amount. This is about your heart. And if you're here and uh, you're new in the faith, you've got to know this is not buying your salvation. We don't buy our way into heaven. Jesus was the only one who could buy your way into heaven. He did that at the cross when he died for your sins. It's by his wounds that we're healed. His blood washes away our sins. We receive that through faith, not by buying uh, or giving money to God. In fact, none of us could earn our way into heaven. But when you trust in Jesus, you get his free gift of salvation. Now, all of us who believe in Jesus, we are on earth to be multipliers of God's work in this world. And God wants to use us through our time, our affections or emotions, and our resources. And when we start to give back to God consistently, it places our heart in his kingdom and it helps us live for his kingdom. In 2 Corinthians chapter 9, Paul the Apostle's writing about this, and I love what he says. He says, Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give. This is a spiritual decision, and it's a confidential decision between you and God, what you decide to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion. Uh, please don't ever give here because someone's twisting your arm. You should give as the Spirit of God leads you. Now, it, it might hurt a little bit when the Spirit of God calls you to take a bold step, faith, uh, faith step of obedience. It might hurt, but it shouldn't hurt because some human is manipulating you. It needs to be the Spirit of God working in your heart. God loves a cheerful giver. And then look at this promise. God is able to bless you abundantly. Uh, he might bless you like you heard with Chris and Brenda in their marriage, their love for his word, their love for being in the church and just experiencing God. Uh, he might bless you like the family that made the match gift. And, and he might just, you, you know, you keep giving more and you just can't outgive him. Uh, they're not the only family like that that I've met as a pastor. It's actually fairly common. But these are people, they just keep giving it back to the kingdom of God. The point is he will bless you abundantly in the ways that matter for you to fulfill your purpose in life. Why? So that in all things and at all times, you'll have everything you need and you'll be able to abound or uh, in a multiplying sense, keep living out every good work that God has for you. And then I love verse 10 of this chapter. Check it out. It says, God, who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food, will supply and multiply your seed for sowing. What's the seed? It's your time and it's your money. 
God's saying, as you give your time and your money to the kingdom of God, to the work of God in the world, God says here, he'll multiply it. He'll multiply it. He will multiply his work through you. Why? Because he wants there to be a harvest of your righteousness. You think of every seed that is planted in the cornfields and the soybean fields around here in the spring. Each little seed seed grows up to be a, a whole stalk of corn with all that fruit from one little seed. And God says, if you'll plant your seeds of time and money into my kingdom, I'll keep giving you more seeds so you can keep planting. The seeds are days, they're minutes, they're conversations with our kids, they're Sundays and Saturdays where we can serve here in the building, other days of the week where we can serve throughout the community, where we can be small group leaders. They're seeds of dollars and cents where we say, I'm going to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Well, I know this has been a bold faith call to action, but this is all about your heart and God. Now, this $500,000 matching opportunity, this is kind of a a once-in-a-lifetime thing. And so if God's working in your heart today, I would encourage you, text that word match. And as we mentioned, if you're a first-time giver, uh, it will get matched. Your recurring gift for the whole year will get doubled. If you're a regular giver, join me and Mel and others in saying, we're gonna, we've already increased, but we're going to increase even a little bit more, and we're going to see God double it. We're going to see him multiply it as we seek first the kingdom of God. Why? Because we believe he's a multiplying God who wants to change central Indiana and the next generation. Let me pray that right now. Father, we love you, Lord. We give you our hearts. As we read in this letter from this generous family, Everything that we have is already yours. The air we breathe, the dollars in our bank accounts, our bodies, all of it belongs to you. And so we give you back money, time, affection, emotion to declare to you, God, that we love you, Lord, with all our heart, soul, and mind. God, I just pray that your Holy Spirit would work in every single one of our hearts and show us what that amount is that says, I'm showing bold faith through this step of obedience to seek first God's work in my lifetime. May we be faithful like Abraham, like Joshua. May we take the bold steps of obedience that you set before us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.